Hello, this is the Let's Watch Podcast. I'm your host, James, with my co-host, Carolyn. That's me. And today we're covering the first four episodes of the Amazon Prime original, I think. Not original. Maybe but... not. Made for Love. Maybe it's a Max original. I can't remember. It's a Max original. But it's on Amazon Prime. That it is. So, Made for Love, a young woman on the run after 10 years in a suffocating marriage to a tech billionaire a.k.a. <laughs> basically Elon Musk, suddenly realizes that her husband has implanted a revolutionary monitoring device in her brain that allows him to track her every move. That is a little bit spoilery, but... That's uh, a lot spoilery. <laughs> so it stars Kristen Milioti, who we liked from Palm Springs, mm -hmm. and um, Billy Magnuson, yes. who is creepy as F, and also Ray Romano. Yes, uh... The Ray Romano, I, I knew nothing about this show going in. I only knew that it starred Krista Melodi, mm -hmm. uh, who is great. Of course. And I did not know Ray Romano was in the show because, you know, they, I just didn't look anything up. I didn't know the synopsis. I didn't know about the chip or anything. Me neither. I knew nothing, which is a great way to go into this show. Sorry that we spoiled it already. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I don't think that ruins. You find that you find out that the chips off pretty quickly, honestly. Uh, the episodes are like brief. I think the chip one is at the end of the first episode. So it's not mm -hmm. like that huge of a thing. And it's honestly not that surprising um, that that man would do something like that in a relationship. The mm -hmm. thing, like I do, don't, I don't think there's other things I don't think we, we should not spoil. We should try not to anyway. Uh, that happen in like the third and the fourth that I think are important context about the whole situation mm -hmm. for their relationship. I enjoy this show. Obviously, mm -hmm. we've only watched half of it, so I don't know where it's going. I am a little worried about where it's going, about what I think ultimately they're going to do, but I could mm -hmm. be wrong. I do not think it is the stuff that I find good, and I actually think the show is commenting on, is the relationship. Mm -hmm. I do think that they have just dressed it in this like ultra dystopian tech shit that Which... I don't think is particularly original. But yeah, but that is what I find is the original spin on it is that it doesn't feel like it's a very Black Mirror-esque type world, um, a lot lighter <laughs> yeah. than that. But like, I don't know. Yeah, I do feel like it's about the relationship. And I do find that part really interesting. Um, it's about the motivations of why people do what they do and stuff. Like you can see where she came from because um, you meet Ray Romano, her dad, and that whole town and everything. Like, yeah, it is very um, relationship-based and like the motivations of people, less about this crazy weird technology <laughs> yeah which I, I think is how it should be like don't explain the technology to me i'll go along with you telling me this is how this works i don't need the explanation mm -hmm. uh and i but i do think that the, the show is really strong in is a the relationships with everybody with the main character is how she like it's the it feels very real to me in a obviously not real world mm-hmm um, and as you discover more about how the relationship with um, Byron Goggle, <laughs> I wonder what, how long did it take you to figure out which company they were spoofing with the last name? Well, it's, it's Gogol. Gogol, sorry. But yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that till the second episode and I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, the moment, the moment the phone came a thing, I was like, oh, I get what company this is now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And obviously who he's a spoof of. Um Although I don't know if they intended that because I don't know when the show, like when the show's production was made, mm -hmm. but they are making fun of, it seems like they're making fun of a specific CEO, a tech CEO. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it feels like they're kind of making fun of them all. 
I know, but I think the like the one that I you've you've already said his name, but the one that jumps to mind, I was like, is that is this specifically him? Because it he's feels like kind of like him. <laughs> it does, right? I was like, oh, okay. He's probably butthurt. Uh, yeah, but no, and I like obviously it's I'm the show is I'm glad it should be centered on her because if it's centered on if it's centered on him then it's an entirely different thing and something mm-hmm. that I frankly we don't need to see again because how many times have we seen that story but I do appreciate how they the other relationships that she has are not perfect either like her relationship with her dad is strained in the least to say I, what about that mm-hmm. relationship and the relationship with her friends or acquaintances that she has like she doesn't like she's been trapped in this other relationship and basically shuttered away for a decade Mm -hmm. so she doesn't really have other ones or that those people she just left their lives and now she's back and those people are rightfully kind of heard about it Mm -hmm. and they're like hey what the fuck you just dipped (laughs) it's uh i think she's great chris maloney's great in the show um yeah I think Billy Magnuson's also great. Uh, and I do how like he plays that guy very like he's pathetic and insecure. Well, that's the thing is all these characters do actually have layers. Like he's not just the uh, creepy tech guy. Like because if he wanted, he could just haul her back. But like he does actually care a little bit about what she thinks kind of thing. A, t- a tiny bit. A tiny bit. I mean, uh, minor spoiler here, but like I thought he was going to just haul her back to the ranch. But she said no. And he was kind of like, fuck. You said no. <laughs> like, I don't know what to do now, you know? Um, but no, I like it. I, I like, um, what is her name, Christina? Yes. Kristen. So I like her. She does the rich life, the rich wife very well, but she also does like the sad, distraught runaway very well. Like, <laughs> it's all of this is believable. You know what I mean? Like, yes. you get when you see her back in the day um, in the flashbacks and she's kind of rough around the edges, that's totally believable. But you also do believe that she's been living there for 10 years as this tech wife and uh, and you believe that too so i i like it i think she's uh she's good yeah uh and I, like obviously we neither i don't know if you've watched the rest of the show i haven't no i haven't because i didn't want to get confused what i'd seen and what i hadn't seen yet yeah same so i don't know where this is going and obviously how they end this is gonna obviously greatly influence my opinion on the show of like how this relationship resolves i think i have a pretty strong point of view on that they should not be together anymore Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of feel like they are trying to, like, she is so defined and sec- like secure as a character because of a, her, the Chris Melody's performance and because of like the writing around that character. Whereas, um, Byron feels a lot more, I'm unsure on that one because partly because Billy Magnuson is doing a great job as that character and he does naturally put in like they do want you to feel like sympathy for him in a weird way is that he is completely incapable of having a normal relationship with anybody Mm -hmm. but that's his own fault Mm -hmm. and i do it does feel like there is they're trying to like redeem that character in some ways kind of what it feels like Mm -hmm. to me a little bit and obviously i don't know because he is a bad guy who literally trapped a woman for 10 years yep and He's I said he's like nobody tells him no. I think that's what it is too. I think he doesn't realize that he is being that guy. You know what I mean? Like I think he genuinely is some like I think he's in love with himself more than anything, but I think he does think he loves her. 
you know? Um, yeah, I think he, like, I think his love for her is, like, legitimate. He just doesn't, it's not actually, like, a true love, right? Mm-hmm. It's just in his own mind he thinks that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, and I think he wants to prove it. Like, I think he's a guy who's in love, who's insecure, and I think he wants to prove it to himself that he, like, that he does love her and she does love him kind of thing. Yeah, and that, I mean, he is, they've hinted at this throughout the show, but I think it's pretty obvious that a thing that I, an issue with, like, assuming his background here, but from inferences, because they haven't explicitly said is that he said he's come from nothing. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's actually come from nothing. Mm-hmm. But he just wants somebody to love him, right? Mm-hmm. And he wants, I think he doesn't understand. He has nobody in his life that, other than her, that would be considered like an equal partnership. Everybody else is subservient to him. Well, that's the thing too. And he like, he genuinely tries so hard to do things to make her happy. Like they're not things that she wants. They're things that he thinks she wants. But that's what I appreciate is like he could be some mogul who, I don't know, loves on lots of women and can get whatever he wants because he can. Like Mm -hmm. women would fall all over him and like that's how he wooed her in the first place. Um, But it genuinely has seemed from the get-go that she was always his interest. Um, Maybe fixation at points, but like. At points. He is just like this sad, love-struck dude. And I appreciate that it's not like, like he is extremely manipulative and controlling, but not in an evil way, in a like, oh God, he's such a puppy dog in love kind of way. Yeah, I'm. He wants to give her the world and he is able to, but he doesn't understand why she doesn't want it. Yeah, he can buy anything she wants and provide anything for her, but Mm -hmm. it's still not, it still doesn't work for her and he doesn't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. Because he's probably never had anybody say that in, to him before, right? He's like, everything else in business, he can just buy it because he's so successful. And he's been told he's a genius. And all of the stuff he does is incredible. And mm-hmm. he's a recluse as well. Like, he doesn't go out in public. He's built this incredible thing mm-hmm. that actually makes like sense from a point of view, like how he says it. Like, I love that interview episode, that framing, because mm-hmm. it is so, like, like I've actually seen videos of other of rich people in real life who talk like he does and think this is great. And I was like, you're trying to convince me that it's great. That's the thing. He's so charming and terrifying. But like, you know what? That's what I really like about the show is that it does flash forwards and flashbacks, um, but in a way that reveals something about the current time. Like I think it's very successful because mm-hmm. the first episode, they mainly focus on like her current life and her getting out kind of thing. But then slowly, it's not like in one episode, they're like, here's what got us to that stage and the end. You know, they they will continue to go back to different chapters of it to see more and more of how it got there. Um, which, yeah, I think I think is pretty cool. And uh, it is cool to see that part of their life because you're kind of realizing, oh, he's always been a bit manipulative. Um, uh, oh, he he's always been the same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And the thing is, it's like even back then she was kind of like, not the most comfortable with it but you know still didn't think it you know i do appreciate that they haven't shown as much on their early relationship like when she she started living in the cube or whatever it's called Mm -hmm. uh they showed like we've seen like the first date and like the meet cute and all that that stuff and obviously like you understand why he's appealing Mm -hmm. to like anybody i mean if a friggin billionaire comes by and he's like hey uh come with me i can give you the world it'd be like cool yeah let's get that money and like when she we see that scene where it's like i didn't know if this was real or if this was like byron's memory Mm -hmm. 
of like when she made that birthday for him. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'd be like, oh, she seemed like she was like legitimately trying. Well, and that's there. the thing. I don't think like even when she has the first date and like moves in with him and stuff, part of it is her like, oh, I can escape this life. But part of it, she actually does like him. It's not like she was just trying to like get rich quick or like, you know, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she genuinely found him charming and that sort of thing. Yeah. And I'm hopeful we'll get more of that because I would like to see her coming to terms with or like like trying that part of the relationship because I think that's interesting to see mm-hmm. is like 10 years is a long time to a be in a relationship but it's a long time to be trapped in the same place in a relationship mm-hmm. and feeling depressed and unsatisfied and wanting to do something else mm-hmm. but obviously if she's there for 10 years it took some time to get yeah. to that point like it wasn't immediate me thinking about it be like 10 years is a long time you obviously there must have been some attachment to this person at least in the beginning well and also at the beginning i was kind of like like when we first meet the character and everything and how she escaped and whatnot um i thought that she was kind of just like faking it the whole time because that is kind of what they show where he she's like oh i'm so nice and lovely and he's like i know you've been lying to me and i was like how do you fake it for 10 years but as we see some of the other flashbacks we realize that that's not true like she isn't Mm -hmm. the rollover and die kind of character um she does challenge him and that's how he ultimately knows that she's not happy and then i think she kind of just resigns herself to being like well there's no escape anyways you know but i do like that like yeah relationships are realistic the reactions are realistic like in the um i think it was the first episode where she chops off that dude's fingers and it's like <laughs> oh god what did i do and like the phone keeps ringing and following her and like in a normal show or movie they would answer it and be like hello but she's like fuck no like i'm not answering that like you wouldn't in real life why would you you know yeah i She's so good in Mm -hmm. this. It's like she does. She has a really good job balancing. Like she can go from like those chaotic scenes of like panic with like cutting off the fingers Mm -hmm. and like freaking out about shit, and then into like serious, dramatic moments, and then back to funny. Uh, The show is like uh, plays to her strengths very well, Mm -hmm. and she does a great job at it. And frankly, I don't think I would enjoy the show much if if the lead performance wasn't as good. Yes, and that they slowly build out like other relationships in her life. Like it starts with like her and Byron. And then like the first episode is essentially just an escape episode and then getting back. And then like it slowly builds out her relationship with her dad. And then in uh, in another episode, it like it brings in her old friend bangles. Mm-hmm. Right? And it's like adding, it's like doesn't dump these people all at once. It's like slowly spread out. So you get like a understanding of each relationship. And it, mm-hmm. it allows it all allows it to breathe in such a short amount of time. And how they all interact with each other. And then while also doing this, while also building out the people that work for Byron. Mm-hmm. Right. And that there's more going on there and all that stuff, which I'm interested to see where it's going. Like they have a lot of like plates in the air right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, well, the thing that I like is like, despite the fact that a lot of these people could be the tropes, they kind of aren't. Like yeah. Byron could be this like big tech guy, uh, which he is, but like there is something different there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's yeah. So that's that's quite interesting. Um, Ray Romano, the dad, could just be like this weird dad with a sex doll and that sort of thing. But like, <laughs> you know that he also knows it's kind of weird. But like, like he did say about Dan, he's like, "Come on, it is what it is." Like he's like he he knows this is strange. He's not yes. like entirely deluded, but it's like it's also what he needs, you know. So I do like that these characters like instead of just being the weird trope, like it could be he could be the butt of all the jokes. You know, um, but yeah. you do feel sympathy for him instead of thinking he's just kind of a creep. 
Yeah, I, I think Ray Romano's really good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. My concern is partly with that character of like, where is he going to end up? Because mm-hmm. um, when that was initially brought in, I was like, oh, I hope it's not just like shaming him for what he wants. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, it's not though. I yet. know. I'm like actually like I pleasantly surprised at that. I was like, oh no, he's a man who's like lives with a sex doll essentially Mm -hmm. but the thing is it's not like and like his daughter kind of goes along with it because what else do you do but not in a way that's like okay we'll feed into dad's fantasies because it's like he does know this is weird he's aware you know yeah yeah and i'm glad he's aware but i'm also glad that the show isn't just like making fun of a big joke yeah because then that would feel like kink shaming and and the thing is the only time that it really comes up that it's weird is when like when Hazel, his daughter, is mad at him. And that makes sense. That's when it would come up as weird because you're sitting there being like, I can't, I can't deal with you and your shenanigans, dad. Like, you know what I mean? That, that is when people say unkind things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, their relationship is so strained anyway. Yeah. That, it, that it, and like when it does come up, it is a natural point in a conversation that family members would have with each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And that, doesn't that it didn't bother me and i was i was worried about that when it was, it was interest, introduced and it was the same it's like a similar thing as like i i really appreciate how they show that the show shows that how pathetic and sad byron is mm-hmm. for somebody who has all this power and wealth it doesn't matter in a relationship right mm-hmm. is that it, he still like he just doesn't know right and he's had answers for everything else in his life and partly the whole chip thing is about this right is that it is allowing control over something that you can't control well, and he knows nothing about the real world. Like they do make, I think it's the third episode, they make some comments about like how he's solving various crises, but he never leaves the cube. Like, and and that is real life. These people are in their ivory castles with all the money solving all the world's problems, but they don't actually know the world. They that... don't live like the vast majority of people. Exactly. And like what I like about him and the way it is and the way they've written this is like you listen, like you see him and he's got all these big words and all these people who idolize him. But if you actually listen to what he's saying it's terrifying <laughs> like, it is it is terrifying but you don't see that because it's like all you see is this very confident man who says he's going to change the world and you're like yeah man you will you know it's the scene i love so much is when they're doing the interview show right and they're talking about the dolphin mm-hmm. and he like and then they're actually like she's getting asked questions and he leaves and then comes back and he's shirtless mm-hmm. and he like like wraps himself around her essentially mm-hmm. and it's like when you, if you just looked at that you'd be like oh like what a cute couple but it's like so menacing and like controlling and then he like jumps into the pool with the dolphin and like this man lives in such excess and wealth he's like entirely out of touch how he's going to be perceived by the public mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah and, it's all kind of sinister right yeah and that's what i really appreciate that the show shows and is willing to do mm-hmm. um while also framing it around her story and her coming to terms with like, A, yes, this relationship is bad, but she also had problems in her life before this that are still dogging her, essentially. Like, she still has to address the things that were, her, why her life was like this before as well. Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, a trope that exists. I don't, like, obviously, her, the relationship with her father is strained because of her mother's death. Mm-hmm. And that that was, I am assuming, don't know, that probably didn't seem like it was addressed between the two of them, really. Well, and the thing is, it's like, they also don't hate each other. Like, their strained relationship is very realistic, where it's like, almost to the point of like, they're not father and daughter. They're just connected by the fact that they are related. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like they can have conversations about 
his weird sex doll and that sort of thing. But then you do see the the moments of them being father-daughter where he's like not approving of her friends because, you know, they didn't look out for her and, and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's interesting. Like she's not weirded out by, you know, him being with a sex doll. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, like whereas isn't. a normal father-daughter would be like, oh, dad, oh, God, no, you know? Yeah, they. it's like they accept some of the stuff that just in this world that I'm sure is prevalent that she's just going to move past because it is not really that important. In well, the and in the one scene where they do kind of talk about the father-daughter thing and, and she's like, do you think you'd still be with mom? And like he can say, no, nah, I don't think so without it being like, what? You don't? You know what I mean? And she's not, you know, weeping, asking him this question. It's they've they're past the point of like they're kind of acquaintances you know what i mean like acquaintances with a very deep connection that know they're kind of stuck together forever you know yeah i i really loved that scene where he was like no i think we'd be divorced and he's like because there was problems in the relationship that were coming to a head anyway Mm -hmm. and And that's not to say he doesn't miss her and isn't sad but it's like they're both become realistic about their mother the mother yeah and yeah and that what grief does to other relationships and how both of them really didn't have a support system to deal with that grief mm-hmm. and like obviously it's way harder like she was a child when it happened and he became kind of absent and withdrawn and drinking and not being home mm-hmm. and stuff and obviously it's like that's tough on really tough on her because that stuff and like he should he should have done a better job in that situation but it's a hard situation to be in mm-hmm. and to deal with and i you don't blame him but that's what i think is what makes this show really good is that relationship. Uh, and then they they cut it in, like, as this is happening and getting darker and more serious with her and her father and her and Bangles, mm-hmm. it's like they cut back to Billy, or not Billy, uh, that's the actor's name, Byron. And he's just, like, trying to figure out smells and how to drink beer. That's the thing. <laughs> the comedy is quite, it's quite cute too, because it does make um, what could be quite a heavy show into something a little bit more Yeah, they funny. lighten it in yeah. moments where they're like, okay, we just dealt with some shit. We're going to make this guy look like an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, and, um, and they lean into it so hard too. Because like in the bar when Hazel's talking to the bartender and she kind of like sniffs him, you know, it's because she doesn't get smells and da 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 da. Or maybe we don't know that yet, but she sniffs him and he's like, yep. I haven't showered in days. And I laughed out loud because I was like, <laughs> normally people don't acknowledge that. She's like, a man. And the man's like, hello, I'm the man, you know? But like, they acknowledged it. I was like, that's quite funny. Yeah. Um, the only criticism I'll say that I have of the show that a lot of shows do, and it frustrates me in all of them, is that they don't have faith in the uh, the actor or the show's ability to get certain emotions across so then they put a song in with lyrics that just describe what you're supposed to be feeling mm-hmm. and i hate it so much i'm like yes i understand that's what you're telling me i understood that without the song you could put the you could just use the instrumental if you mm-hmm. like that sound you don't need the lyrics in there to tell me that this is character is feeling because i i have understood that from the actor's performance and from the show's story until this point like i get it you don't need to fucking smack me in the face with it a lot of shows do this and it frustrates me in all of them it's a very common trope that is used it's like relying on lyrics of a song to tell you how your lyrics are too on the on the nose like give the yeah the tone of the song right yeah the one time that i thought it worked was the ending of the first episode because you still don't fully really know about her life and what's going on and i wasn't listening to the lyrics of the song um, so they may, maybe, or maybe weren't too on the nose, but it's this creepy fucking song because it sounds so happy. Um, 
and she's like escaping. It's an escape montage while this like da 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 life is good song is going on, and it was very unsettling. I thought it was a really good contrast because it's like her escaping the veneer of this polished life, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like like I think it can be used effectively in some moments. It's just mm-hmm. it's a crutch that a lot of shows do that I don't particularly enjoy it's like well just... and i find it's a lot of like the sitcom-y type shows that and it's like the end that's how they end it we're gonna tell you how you how, how the characters feel and how you feel we're gonna end it off with this musical montage yeah and i i kind of think it's a little lazy yeah uh and takes away from like the good the great performance so mm-hmm. it's and that's really my only complaint of it obviously who i have others that i might have but i just don't know where the show's going so i don't know yet but it's I like That's it so what I far. like is that I genuinely can never tell where the story is going next. Well, I think that obviously what's going to happen in the next episode is um, Diane's going to come to life. God, I hope so. I had not <laughs> thought of that. <laughs> She's been alive the whole time. No, it. They're just gonna. It, I, I hope it progressively gets weirder. Uh, yeah. While also wrapping up that really, I don't know if this is like a contained thing either. Who knows. Well, and also, yeah, that's the thing with eight episodes. You don't know if it's going to be like that's that kind of thing. But we also barely even know. Um, get this. His name is Liver. But we barely know Liver, the bartender, is so far. Is he a character? Or well, was he's he just... got a name and we haven't learned his name yet. So I think he's going to be a character. I mean, she just made him. Does she have powers? <laughs> no, she's would a that... sexy woman. I don't know. I don't think I would have done that. No, but... Uh... Uh, who's to would say? You, would you want to be in a relationship with a man that you could do that with? 100%, yeah. Okay, well, I, mean, <laughs> I guess I'm wrong. Proven wrong. No, I think it's both that they're fascinated with each other for different reasons, it's and I think smell. we're going to find more uh, about him, why he's fascinated with her. You know what I mean? I, I thought that too, and then after that scene, he's like not in the next episode. I was like, so are we done with that character? Is he well, just gone? Well, that's the thing is they are taking a really long time to integrate him, which I actually appreciate because normally with these shows, it's like, oh my God, she sees the hot bartender and now he's on the quest with her and he's helping her. And I like that it's not that. Like he is important to the story because it's first we meet him. I think every time we meet him, he does something important. Like the first time we meet him, she can smell him and realizes, oh God, this is real life. And then mm-hmm. the second time we meet him, I thought it was her being like, super into him and all that stuff which I think part of it was like this weird raw sexual energy but also it largely was her telling Byron like no dude like I'm I know exactly what I'm doing making you watch this and it wasn't for her enjoyment you realize when she's like okay thanks and then leaves you know what I mean yes like I thought it was her just like being like oh fuck I can't contain myself with this guy anymore and then you realize it's not she's just showing her power back to Byron you know yeah yeah, because if she wanted what... to, she could have just gone and slept with that guy, and then it would have been enjoyable for everyone except Byron. But and she still would have <laughs> made her point. But she very actively made her point without actually having to do anything. You know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think that's that's part of why the show is it constantly surprises me on moments like that. I was like, oh, she's just gonna just gonna sleep with him, and then she doesn't, and then it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, and I do like sh- that she likes this guy, even though he's like quite gross. <laughs> like... Yeah. Um. Yeah, do you have anything else you want to say about Made for Love? No, I'm uh, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing the next one. The next Me four. T- next four. I, I, I too, it's very bingeable. Mm-hmm. When I had to stop before, I was like, I could just watch this whole thing right now. That's the thing. It's actually a show that I would watch um, even if I didn't have to, you know? <laughs> sure. <laughs> 
you being forced to watch things that you don't enjoy. Hey, man, there's a lot of movies that we've watched that I would you not have, choose to watch. You have liked everything, okay? Don't lie to me <laughs> about this. But you can find Carolyn somewhere on the internet at carolyndunk93. Instagram oh, all, and Twitter. That's She never posts on Twitter. I sometimes repost, sometimes repost our uh, podcast. <laughs> yeah, she just on Instagram, all she does is post photos of her in boots on the beach and it's very aggravating okay it was cold that day uh-huh you're on a beach fucking, <laughs> who wears fucking like you know what it was i wasn't Doc intending Martins. to go to the beach i just ended up on the beach oh okay uh yes you're very pale um <laughs> as somebody who was also very pale i never intend to end up on the beach yeah it, that's the thing it's like we didn't intend and then went for a booster juice and the booster juice was next to the beach so we went to the beach you know yeah and then i could actively feel my skin crackling yeah <laughs> uh and you can find me at james underscore willix on twitter and at james willix on instagram and this podcast is on all places and you can send us an email at let's watch pod at gmail.com and the 99 the next four will be next and then we'll do this again uh but yeah so it gives you time to catch up to watch uh made for love mm-hmm. carolyn yes how long could you stay in that cube uh forever i could stay For- forever you could stay forever i mean not with the creepy dude there if he left i could stay forever how excited are you in our eventual dystopian tech future of being able to rate each other's orgasms after you go on a Tinder date with somebody? It's horrifying. I, I hated <laughs> that whole concept because like I totally understood why she was lying. You know, even though we didn't know the full story of how sad she was and how much she hated her life. I'm like, I get it. I wanted to see his ratings because I think that would be the funny part. And then I was thinking about how this would be like if this was a real thing in an app, how every man would rate it always higher than every woman. Oh, 100%. And, but the thing is, it's not about him and how he feels. It's all about her. I, yeah, I was like, the, I hate this. I really do not hope this is a thing that eventually will happen. I mean, we already rate people five stars. So why mm-hmm. would this not become a thing of being like, please rate your uh, Tinder first date sex experience. And it'd be like, yep. oh God, this is eventually where sex work is going to go. <laughs> oh God! No! 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 It yes, will. It will. It, it will. will. It'll just yeah. be like an Uber for sex workers. Oh God! And you know you'll be and be like, "Ooh, a four point nine. That's a world. And I want to die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>